Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey, and I don't know what the hell I'm doing here this early in the week. I guess uh, I feel guilty about not doing a show for two weeks up until that last one. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm insane. I'm out of my mind. I've only got like six shows to put together for CNJ Radio. But let's just tack on another one, right? Because I'm... I'm a, I'm a loon. And I do have a good reason, because if I didn't do a Rock Strikes 10 today, then I would have already broken tradition just on year two of this. And I promise I would do it every year. Uh, you don't have to twist my arm too hard. I, I made the song list in no time. And it's going to be a yearly thing, because I can, you know, I put this guy on a pedestal. He is one of my all-time icons, rock stars, singers, songwriters entertainers of all time and the man just got through 65 years of his life and he's probably my favorite of all time if I had to pick one it's going to be Alice Cooper Alice Cooper is really big for me I could listen to his records every day never gets old so witty so entertaining and you know just everything that I look for in my rock and roll uh, you it's it's great to go see him live because it's visually entertaining and it is a show practically invented the show you know but the songs stand on their own as well can't say that for a lot of people that do both but Alice is that guy and uh, I think he's super important even with some of the accolades he's received over the years even with the records he's sold at times I consider him to be extremely underrated you know, yes, he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now, but, you know, I, I just don't think enough people know how great Alice truly is outside of the six songs that you all know. And that's what I got to do here on our annual birthday celebration to Mr. Alice Cooper. And if you haven't heard the first one that I did last year, the first Alice Cooper celebration called Shake Hands with Alice Cooper, please go back, because you can, go to the iTunes feed, turn this episode off right now, go to episode 29, or just to do a refresher, go to episode 29 right now, listen to that episode, and then come back to this one, because that one is great. It's, you know, it's not great because of me, it's great because of the songs on there. and. Uh, Probably my ten favorite Alice songs are on that episode. But that doesn't mean that the ones I'm playing here this week are, uh, you know, low-grade by any means. These are just songs that a lot of them I I did want to play last year, but, you know, I had to cut them off because, hey, it's only ten. It's Rock Strikes Ten. So I'm going to play some more of my personal favorite Alice Cooper songs. Uh, You know, I I would say that this uh, shows a lot of range of variety and styles and genres that he's tackled over the years, but I said that last year, I'm sure. So let's just go with it. First song here, great kickoff song. This is from a great album of his from 2003, 2002. I do that every time. It's either 02 or 03. That era is kind of a blur musically for me. Uh, Not for any other reasons other than it was just kind of a weird time for rock and roll. But Alice put out a great album called The Eyes of Alice Cooper around that time. And this was, uh, I guess, if there was such a thing as a single, this was the single on the album. I saw him play it on Late Late Show with Craig Kilborn, and it's a cool song. It definitely, uh, you can definitely hear a little bit of uh, Green Day in there, maybe. Uh, just 
it was just him going back to his garage days, so just playing kind of a, a rock, little punk, uh, you know, snotty attitude. So there you go. And I really dig this song a lot, and I think it's a good opener. Kick it off just right. This is Alice with Man of the Year. himself with man of the year off of uh, and now i figured out it was from 2003 yes i had to go look it up and grab the cd off here it's from the cd called the eyes of alice cooper and i recommend that one heavily like i said it goes back to his garage rock days great lineup this might be my favorite lineup of alice cooper's solo bands uh, you got Eric Dover on guitar, Ryan Roxy on guitar, Chuck Garrick on bass, Eric Singer on drums. Can't go wrong with that lineup. And that song was written by Alice and also Eric Dover and Ryan Roxy. Uh, Eric Dover from The Great Jellyfish and Imperial Drag. Ryan Roxy, who's been with Alice for a long time. He just came back to Alice's band last year. That makes me very happy. And he was in the band for most of the 2000s. 
but I'm glad to have him back. I hope Alice comes through town soon. I am due for an Alice show, that's for damn sure. But let's just keep the show going here. The next song I'm going to play, I'm going to go in the Wayback Machine. And the only way you can get this particular song is off of the amazing box set called The Life and Crimes of Alice Cooper. A rare track for sure. This box set is so good. I think they spent about 10 years putting it together because they had to get the rights to all the songs from like 20 different labels. But it was so worth the wait. And back in 82, I want to say, the early 80s, Alice got hired to do a movie called Monster Dog, this uh, this European horror film, and they swore to him, according to interviews that Alice has said now, they swore to him that this film would never be seen outside of Europe, and, you know, people in the States would never hear about it. And he goes, and then all of a sudden it winds up in every video store in America with my name plastered all over it, uh, a film that he's not proud of. Uh, and it, it's... It's it's a fun movie, but it's not a great movie. It's just one of those fun, cheesy horror movies. And the dialogue is all looped in, and it's not even Alice's voice in the movie. <laughs> uh, but Alice plays a rock star in this movie. Yeah, a big stretch. Uh, a rock star who goes out to this mansion, like in the country, to film a video. And that's really the plot of the whole film. It's just that this crazy werewolf monster attacks him and everybody that he's with to film this said video and at the beginning of this movie they show what is uh, you know a music video clip by this fictional rock star and uh, it kind of you know inter- and it kind of introduces him and the movie itself at the same time with the credits and they film this really cheap video of him portraying all of the people that he mentions in this song and I really like this song. I also really like the other song in this movie called See Me in the Mirror. But I'm going to play you the kickoff song for Monster Dog. And like I said, you can get this on the Life and Crimes of Alice Cooper box set. Well worth it in my opinion. Great stuff. And you'll find this gem on here. Uh, this is Identity Crisis. Sometimes I'm Billy the Kid. Sometimes 
there you go. That was Identity Crisis from Alice Cooper from the Monster Dog movie, as well as the Life and Crimes of Alice Cooper box set. Sounds like he recorded the vocals in the bathroom or something. Uh, but the music, uh, musically, it sounds like something off like the first two albums, like the original original Alice Cooper group. So I like that song a lot. And, uh, you know, it just makes me think of the fun movie, of course. Uh, moving on here, the next song uh, is from basically the Alice album where I first came in. I am 33 years old, about to be 34 years old. Oh, wow, old moment. And... The first time I really got into Alice was 1986. Uh, he had just put out the single He's Back, The Man Behind the Mask from Friday the 13th Part 6, and uh, that was kind of his introduction to the MTV era, really, and that's when they first started playing him, to my knowledge. Uh, they didn't support anything he did from like the first four albums of the 80s, but he didn't really do a lot of videos for it, honestly, so you know why would they play him, I guess? But in 86, he had his big comeback with the Constrictor album and said song from Friday the 13th. And, you know, Constrictor, it's definitely not one of his best albums ever. It's probably actually near the bottom of the list, to be quite honest. And, it, yes, it definitely invokes, uh, you know, imagery of, you know, 80s quote-unquote hair metal. But... I found a great gem on this album recently, and it, I went back and revisited the record, and, and, you know, the record's still not great, but this song really stuck out for me, you know, uh, you know, there's obvious songs in there like Teenage Frankenstein, and of course Man Behind the Mask, but I really like this song on there, and I think it sticks out, I think it's really well written, uh, and, you know, with Alice, that's never a big surprise, for me at least, uh, but check this out, you pull this one off of Constrictor, and I think it really takes on a life of its own. So here you go, from 86's Constrictor album, this is Life and Death of the Party.
Alright, that was Life and Death of the Party from 1986's Constrictor Record. Uh, the lineup on that album, you had Kane Roberts on guitar, keyboards, bass, and background vocals. He gets a credit for all of those things. And uh, that, that whole album, actually, he co-wrote with Alice. Like, Kane Roberts wrote every song on that album with Alice. So, uh, love it or hate it, that's what happened. Uh, also, it looks like we got Paul Delph on keyboards. I don't know who that is. You got uh, producer of the album, Bo Hill, and Tom Kelly uh, did background vocals on there. And he doesn't get a background vocal credit on there, but I swear all those high notes are him. It has to be, even on that song, uh, Kip Winger. Yeah, I didn't want to say that before the song, because I didn't want you to judge it. But yeah, Kip Winger plays some bass on there. Uh, Kip was the touring bassist for Alice for the next two tours, Constrictor and the Raise Your Fist and Yell tour. Uh, so he's on. he's got to be in that mix somewhere. I mean, I like I said, I thought I heard his vocals on there. Kip actually did come back and do some background vocals on Alice's latest album, Welcome to My Nightmare, the second Welcome to My Nightmare album. So yeah, he came back to the family, you know, and uh, I know they've always had a pretty good relationship, so, you know, hey man, guy's got good high-pitched vocals. That's that's a guy you want to have in the booth doing your background vocals if, if you need a little bit of, uh, you know, extra high pitch on there, so. Anyway, moving on. What am I talking about, right? Next song here on the show... This one I cut off of last year's episode, and I that was the hardest one to cut easily because it's one of my all-time favorite songs by the man. Whenever uh, I remember putting together like my all-time favorite Alice songs, like on one CD, especially like obscure favorites that weren't singles, of course. And this song really sticks out always to me. A great song off of the 1973 album called Muscle of Love. An album that's not very heralded, even by the people of its time. Uh, It was recorded by the original Alice Cooper group. It was done after that massive four albums in a row. Love It to Death, Killer, School's Out, and Billion Dollar Babies. And this is the one that happened right before the band broke up. And uh, perhaps Bob Ezrin not being the producer on the album heard it a little bit. But I think there's great songs on that record, man. I I love working up a sweat. Man with the Golden Gun, which definitely should have been the theme song to Man with the Golden Gun. Uh, Alice is that big of a Bond nerd, for sure. Uh, and this song. This song is so great, and I gotta put it on here. Check this one out. This is the original Alice Cooper group. Alice Cooper, Glenn Buxton, Michael Bruce, Dennis Dunaway, and Neil Smith with Hard Hearted Alice.
All right, that was Hard Hearted Alice off of the album Muscle of Love. Like I said, original Alice Cooper group right there. And I'm going to do one more original Alice Cooper group song before I deviate out of it again and, and find some really crazy numbers for you. But I love this song, and it's actually a little bit on the brain. I've kind of been singing this one in my head for the last few days. And actually over here at the household, uh, myself and Nola, we've actually started uh, putting out a bowl of food for the stray cats that live outside. Yes, uh, because we, we like looking at cats. So makes me think of this, and I, I have been whistling this song over the last few days, and I love it. So why waste time? This is the only song in Alice Cooper's canon whatsoever that contains a co-write by Leonard Bernstein, and if you don't know why, you're going to know in just a few minutes. So here you go. This is the Alice Cooper group with Gutter Cats versus the Jets. Green-eyed fur goes flying. 
Attack on the Street Fight clip from the very end of that song. Yes, it's technically a separate track from Gutter Cats vs. the Jets, but you know it's it's truly part of the song. So that's one song there, people. So there you go. That was Gutter Cats vs. the Jets with Street Fight tacked on at the very end there. Like I said, uh, that song officially was written by Glenn Buxton, Dennis Dunaway, and then Leonard Bernstein and Stephen Sondheim get songwriting credits for course the use of the Jets on there the Jets song from West Side Story love that and that's what's just the genius of Alice and Alice Cooper group and Bob Ezrin and all those people it's just super fun stuff uh, schools out one of the biggest albums of Alice's career but at the same time I feel like people don't know that record I'm sure I said that on last year's episode I should have listened to it before I did this one but you know title track aside you know, past schools out. I don't think people know this record, and it is amazing. Brilliant album from top to bottom. Go listen to that album, Schools Out, because it's it's one of the greatest rock and roll albums of all time. Easy, hands down. So moving on here, we're going to really go off the beaten path here. An album that I I'm sure I praised on last year's episode because I know I played the closer from it, past the gun around on there. I love uh, early 80s Alice. I love those really cr- crazy, weird, new wave records. Uh, I don't know why, I just love them. I, I, I like a lot of the writing on them. And it's weird because I know he was really far gone, like at, at the peak of his alcoholism. Uh, like that one and the Lace and Whiskey album. You know, all those albums, he he's almost kind of swears he doesn't remember recording much of any of it. Uh, but I love the records regardless. And really cool song halfway through the Dada album called Scarlet and Sheba. I have no idea what this song means. I don't know what it's about. But I just think it's got an extremely catchy chorus and it always sticks in my head after I listen to it. So now I'm going to do the same thing to you, hopefully. So here you go. This is Alice Cooper with Scarlet and Sheba.
All right, that was Scarlet and Sheba from the 1983 album called Dada. And that was a Bob Ezrin production as well. Uh, I know that Dick Wagner had a heavy hand on that album too. He was one of the associate producers. Uh, and he's got a lot of co-writes on there, if not most of them, actually. I think he wrote every song but like two of them. And he did co-write Scarlet and Sheba. Yeah, apparently Dick actually goes into a little bit of detail on this song in his book, so I'm looking forward to reading that. I definitely need to do that. The The book is called Not Only Women Bleed, and that's uh, that title alludes to the fact that uh, Dick Wagner did write Only Women Bleed with Alice as well, back on the original Welcome to My Nightmare album. Uh, that guy's played on a lot of Alice Cooper stuff, even the original Alice Cooper group albums, because uh, he's a buddy of Bob Ezrin's, and he was always his go-to guy for punching in guitar parts when needed and quick. So, here you go. like I said, I love that Dada record. It's definitely a weird record, and supposedly the theme of the album is mental illness, which I, I, I believe, because it, it's really all over the place. But like I said, love that record. Check it out. It's a, it's a nice little gem, very obscure nugget there from the Alice Cooper catalog. Moving on, uh, really another gem from his catalog. One of the best albums that Alice has ever done, and I mean that, and I stand by that, is an album called Dirty Diamonds. This came out back in 2005, just after the Eyes of Alice Cooper record, and uh, pretty much the same band from it. It's Ryan Roxy, but he's got Damon Johnson in there instead of Eric Dover, Chuck Garrick, and Eric Singer doesn't play on the album, but uh, Tommy Clufettos came in there and played on it. But it, it's very much a companion piece to the Eyes of Alice Cooper. And I think actually, really, over the last few years, I've noticed, I think this album is actually a little bit better than The Eyes of Alice Cooper, which, uh, you know, you could have surprised me. Never thought I would say that, but I think this album's got better songs on it, better songwriting. Uh, there's also a great cover of Pretty Ballerina, uh, if you know that song from the 60s. That's a great song. Uh, who wrote that? That song was, um, I always forget, Left Bank. Yeah, that's the name of the band. I always forget. I don't know why. I know that was like their only hit, but there's a great cover of Pretty Ballerina on there. There's a couple of really cool Stones-esque tracks, one called Perfect, one called You Make Me Wanna, and Sunset Babies All Got Rabies. Uh, all three very Stones-inspired. This song, the song I'm going to play for you, representing the Dirty Diamonds album, is a song that Alice wrote with Ryan Roxy. And it's definitely, and this is saying a lot for Alice, it's definitely one of the more odd songs that he's ever put out. Yeah. Uh, it kind of harkens back to me, at least, uh, whenever Alice said that he wrote the song Desperado for Jim Morrison before Jim died. And, of course, Desperado wound up being on the Great Killer record. Uh, of course, Jim never got to record it, so Alice went ahead and did it, but he also did it in Jim Morrison's voice. I don't know if this is another one of those songs he wrote for Jim, or maybe thought he would, or maybe he wrote it for Johnny Cash, because he seems to be kind of singing it in both styles. Definitely more of a Johnny Cash throwback, but I don't think Johnny would have sang this song in a million years, and I think you'll know why once you hear it. So check it out. Ryan Roxy doing a great Willie Nelson impersonation on here, too, if I do say so. And I love this song. It's funny, it's weird, uh, it's catchy. So here you go. This is The Saga of Jesse Jane. A 
Texas town In my sister's wedding gown I drive a truck all night long Listening to Judy Garland's song Behind bars of steel I was just looking for a happy meal I parked my rig and I went inside They've never seen such a pretty bride Jesse, In every redneck in that one horse town His face was red, his fist was clenched He threw his coat and he got me drenched Jesse, Jane, are you insane? Or are you just an average Joe? A pistol from my wonder bra I killed them dead <laughs> I killed them all And they finally caught me in the bathroom stall And now I'm doing ten to life But I'll tell you one thing, Bubba Someday I'm gonna make someone in here A hell of a wife Jesse Jesse
right, that was The Saga of Jesse Jane. Like I said, off the album Dirty Diamonds. Go check out that album, Dirty Diamonds. It is one of the most uncelebrated albums in his catalog, but one of his best, for sure. And moving on here, going to play you something off of... Uh, this is one of those albums that fans either love or hate. I happen to love it. You ask me, Joey, is there an Alice Cooper album that you hate? Of course, hate is a strong word. But I gotta say, if you're gonna avoid one album from his entire catalog, I gotta say Along Came a Spider. I just don't like Along Came a Spider. I've gone back and listened to it a few times since I bought it. Probably listened to it four times. And I like it less and less every time I hear it. I think Salvation is a pretty good song. Uh, Vengeance is Mine is okay. But I think that album is bad. I think it's just lazy. Uh, I almost want to like blame whoever was steering the boat on that one, whoever the producer was, and I, I don't know. It's just a bad record to me, you know. Yeah, but anyway, all negativity aside, I do love the Lace and Whiskey album, however, and uh, it, it's got some really weird stuff on there. It's got a cover of Ubangi Stomp, that '50s song. Uh, it's got one of his most beautiful songs ever on there, You and Me. I love You and Me. I don't care what anybody says. And, you know, Alice just abandoning his, his old Alice Cooper character for a private eye. It's a basically a concept album about being a an alcoholic private eye uh, under the name of Maurice Escargot, which apparently is the name that Peter Sellers gave him back when they used to hang out. Wouldn't that be a fun time, huh? Oof. Oh. Two guys, you never know if they're on or not, hanging out together and probably consuming a lot of alcohol. Uh, so much so that this was the album that, that basically after the tour, Alice uh, did wind up committing himself to that sanitarium in 1977 to kick his alcoholism, uh, which he was successful for just a little bit. Uh, he only relapsed once the whole time, and apparently he's been sober ever since like 84 or something like that. So that's off to you, Alice. This album, like I said, Lace and Whiskey, it's also very weird. It's not Dada weird, but it's pretty weird. And uh, I played uh, King of the Silver Screen off of this album last year. And that's one of my favorite songs that Alice has ever done about a construction worker that has aspirations of being a Hollywood starlet. Yes, I said starlet. Uh, I also really like No More Love at Your Convenience off of this album because you can't tell me that Alice wasn't listening to ABBA at this time because that song sounds just like an ABBA song and I'm not the only one to have said that uh, but the song that appears after it is just a really really sad song uh, I did want to include it here on the show because it's just it's just overly emotional almost and, and, and like I said Alice doesn't even remember recording the song but what he puts into it is, is just amazing so here you go this is Alice with I never wrote those songs. It's not me. 
I guess one of the questions I could ask Alice if I ever get to meet him again uh, was uh, was this song, I never wrote those songs, a shot at Barry Manilow due to the fact that Barry actually didn't write the song, I Write the Songs, that he's so famous for, which uh, Bruce Johnson of the Beach Boys actually wrote, I, I Write the Songs. That's hard to say as a sentence because you're saying wrote and write a lot, but <laughs> all right. And yes, I said again. And I'm going to tie in the next song uh, to this story. I did meet Alice Cooper once at an autograph signing. If I said this story on last year's show, I'm sorry, but it, like I said, it ties in good to the song, so bear with me here. Uh, there was a, a radio station over here in Dallas uh, about a little bit over 10 years ago, and they're called Bone. Uh, they're not around anymore, but uh, when they first started, they were really good, and they, their whole point was to play less boring classic rock, non-obvious stuff, and, you know, mix it in with some known stuff, but then I'll always play some obscure stuff here and there at least a few times an hour. 
So I really liked them when they first started, and it was definitely a breath of fresh air. Uh, one of the, probably the last creative radio stations that Dallas ever had, that's for sure. But uh, one of the things they started to do to kind of, you know, get more interest in the station was to hold, like, these uh, weekend festivals. Not so much bands playing, but just kind of showing up to this building, hanging out, listening to rock and roll. And they booked a couple of people to show up and sign autographs. Alice, of course, was the big deal that year. They did, I think they did this twice, but I only went the year that Alice was there, obviously. And I was super excited. I'm finally going to meet Alice Cooper. Uh, you know, I even had my, my vinyl copy of Welcome to My Nightmare for him to sign, which I still have, and it's uh, hanging up and proudly framed on uh, on my wall there. Uh, the, my Rock Strikes 10 profile photo, it's, it's there on the left. It's hard to see, but it's there. That's one of the things hanging up on the wall, at least. Anyway, back to the autograph session itself. Finally going to meet Alice. And uh, they handled the autograph session really well. They gave us, like, tickets, like lotto tickets, so we didn't have to really wait in line all that much, like hours and hours and hours. Like, I was going to have to wait, like, half an hour or something like that, because they basically call them in groups of 50. Like, Alice signs for 50 people, takes a break, and then they call up the next 50, you know, kind of thing. And that was nice because it seemed like it kept him in better spirits and he wasn't as, you know, just, I can't imagine after signing and chatting for a little while it gets a bit old, I guess. But, you know, I would definitely be very nice to everybody that ever would want my signature, that's for sure. And Alice is very gracious. But going back to me standing in line, I'm sitting here going, at least I had the time to go, well, God, what am I going to say? Because... You know, you can imagine you're someone like Alice, especially, who's an icon. I'm sure people come up to him every day. Oh, man, you're awesome. You're great. And and do the lame, we're not worthy thing at him and all this stuff. And, you know, he's got to be bored with that, you know. I, I, uh, I, I knew a guy that used to shop in the old record store. This guy named Joe Brashears. And that guy was awesome. He was the man. He used to work at a hotel, which I won't say, just in case. In case I tell more of his stories down the road here. Because he had some great stories. And he came up into the store one day and said, Hey, I got to meet Alice. And I was like, that's awesome, man. And he got like an hour with Alice, according to what he said. Because he talked about golf with him. He was able to just talk about golf. And he was he was a golf fan. And, you know, he could talk about, you know, people playing that year and tournaments and all that stuff that I would know nothing about. Like, I would never get that kind of time with Alice. Because I know two things about golf and one of them is Jack but he's you know he's there he's uh you know he drove Alice uh from the golf course at the hotel back to the hotel he's one of those guys he's like a concierge I believe so he's talking about golf and he went on an hour with Alice had a conversation with him which I would never be able to have probably who knows but uh you know that's the difference you know it's like you gotta think of something to talk about Alice with to where he won't get bored and he won't just say next or move me along. So the only real thing I could think of to say was, first of all, you know, I thanked him for coming and I said, you know, I basically thanked him for the kind of shows that he puts on. I say, when when you come to town, I always go see you. And I understand there's like five or six songs you always got to play. But I said, I got to tell you, I'm so happy that everything else is, you know, up for grabs. You play stuff for the fans. And I could tell your band members are fans, you know, stuff like that. And you play stuff that we love to hear. And I'm so glad that you do that. And I wanted to thank him for that. And that's basically what I told him. He goes, you know, he's like, oh, thanks, man. You know, like we really try 
and you know we try to make every tour different and you know we always take requests and that's what it's all about and so i said well can i request a song for your next tour and he's like sure man you go ahead <laughs> you know like oh boy and i said uh can you guys maybe try to work up i better be good on the next tour cuz i think that song is really funny and then he just kind of stops signing and he looks up at me and goes wow um I don't think anybody's requested that since, uh, and he paused, and he's like, I don't think anybody's ever requested that song, and then he just goes, what album is that song on? <laughs> and I was like, it's on Zipper Catches Skin. He goes, wow. He goes, I need to go back and listen to that one, because I remember nothing about that album. I go, well, I was like, trust me, Alice, it's a great song, and I think you should play it, and I think you could actually even make it a little heavier if you wanted to with the current band you have. I thought that was a great idea. Uh, sadly, either he forgot or he listened to it and didn't like it or maybe they couldn't work it out properly. I don't know. But I think it's a cool song. It's really funny. And, it, you know, it's a nice up-tempo fast rocker. So there you go. I've told my story now. And I'm going to play the song. So here you go. The song's going to be half the length of the story. But here you go. This is I Better Be Good. Better be good. You better be. Nice. You better be. Nice. You better be. Nice. You better be.
right, there you go. What the hell that would have been if Alice started playing that live again. But that was I Better Be Good off of the Zipper Catches skin record during that really crazy run of early 80s New Wave-esque kind of albums. That was from 1982. And just, I think it's a fun record. It even has the, the lady from The Waitresses. I, I forget her name now. Patty Donahue, that's her name. Yeah, the, the now late vocalist from The Waitresses. Uh, and it's a really weird album. I know I've said that a few times, but uh, it's I like the album. It's, it's definitely a classic Alice album for my money. And it's got a cool song called Tag Your It, which is a tribute to the slasher films of the early 80s. And then I Better Be Good follows that. So yeah, it's a weird album. And, and probably the weirdest Alice song title ever called I'm Alive, That Was the Day My Dead Pet Returned to Save My Life. <laughs> so if that piques your interest, go check out Zipper Catches Skin by Alice Cooper. It's a fun early 80s album. And the last song I'm going to play here for you on this year's Alice Cooper Birthday Spectacular. Uh, kind of a shout out to listener Todd Cunningham here because uh, I feel bad. He uh, he told me he was disappointed in my uh, r- rock guitar instrumental episode because I didn't play any Joe Satriani. And, uh, you know, it's like, hey, I understand. You know, I don't want to let anybody down here. So this is kind of, uh, this is kind of a little bit of a reparation for that. And, uh, yes, Joe Satriani is the lead guitar player on this track. He played lead guitar on most of Alice's Hey Stupid record back in 1991. And, you know, I've been talking about Alice Cooper being underrated for pretty much the whole episode ad nauseum. But uh, Hey Stupid is is actually a pretty damn underrated album by Alice for what it is. It was definitely a brother-sister companion to, you know, the Trash album from 1989. And Trash was a big record for Alice. Big commercial success. He had a top five single off of it with Poison, of course. The song Poison, not the band. And, uh, you know, guest stars galore. You know, Trash is is a very important album for Alice. Uh and Hey Stupid came out just a few years after that, and they basically just tried to, you know, replicate the album. And, and Alice has a history of doing that quite a bit, if you go back and look at all of his stuff. Back-to-back albums, it's like he's in one frame of mind, and then after those two, he moves on to a different thing. Kind of chameleon-like. But I think Hey Stupid is the better album of the two. I think the production on it's better, it's it's beefier, and I think the songs are better, too. Uh, a lot of underrated deep cuts on Hey Stupid. And even like the big songs in there I think are better than the big songs on Trash. But that's just my opinion. You've hopefully heard the first Alice Birthday special at this point. Back on episode 29 I played Might As Well Be On Mars from that album. One of my all-time favorite Alice songs. It's it's genius. Absolute genius. Uh, But this is a cool little obscure album track. The closer from the Hey Stupid album actually. And I remember seeing the interview that Lon Friend did with Alice in Rip Magazine a hundred years ago, and he said that the inspiration for this song was actually Steven Tyler, because he likens Steven Tyler to being a wind-up toy on stage, especially at that time. So here you go, this is Alice Cooper featuring Joe Satriani on lead guitar, there you go, and this is Wind-Up Toy.
to go now. It's bedtime. Yeah, that's a such a creepy ending to that song. I mean, the song kind of gets creepy after a while anyway, but it's so fun. And, and really bright and catchy when it wants to be, but also dark when it wants to be. Uh, the true genius of Alice Cooper there. And that was Wind Up Toy from the 1991 record called Hey Stupid. Go check out that album. It's not just for Feed My Frankenstein. My least favorite song on the album, by the way. It, probably. Pretty much. It, it's overplayed at the very least. Uh, but yeah, very cool song. And uh, I guess that's going to have to do it here. That that does it for this year's Big Alice Celebration. I said it a few times here on the show, but go to cnjradio.com. See the link to the iTunes feed that has every single episode you can download now off of iTunes for free. All I ask is that you leave a nice review on the page on iTunes itself. That'll help me out quite a bit. And uh, on cnjradio.com as well, there's a link to the Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Uh, there's a Twitter link. I will be... I know I say this every show, but I'll start posting more on Twitter. I promise. Just just keep harassing me about it, and I promise you I will. Uh, send me uh, what, what your favorite Alice Cooper songs. Do you have any, or is this show helping you get into Alice? Let me know. If you have ever played for Alice Cooper or know him, send me an email. Would love to have you on the show. You 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 have anybody that has ever worked with Alice uh, has a absolute open invitation to come on my show. I'm gonna go track one of them down because one of them is coming through town here soon. So I'm not gonna say who because I believe in the jinx, but I'm gonna try to get him to come on the show. So uh, I'll let you know. If it doesn't happen, I'll say who it is. Well, if either way, I'll just tell you who it is later. And also uh, the other important thing to go to cnjradio.com. Please keep checking it like every day because we got a new show popping up on there called The Synaptic by my good friend Randy Brown. Uh, Randy is a great music fan and a really good friend, and I really like what he's bringing to CNJ Radio. It's a, it's a different perspective, but I, I've been enjoying his show quite a bit, and I say that because I, I've been producing the show, so I know what he's playing in advance, and uh, it's, it's really cool, so check it out. Like I said, it's it's like a CNJ Radio finally has a really good college radio show. So just like the just like back in the day, like the really good ones. That's not you know determined by what's hip at the time, but actually just like whatever they want to play. And that's the mentality I try to bring to Rock Strikes Ten as well. So anyway, blah blah blah. And also, hey, hey, we've relaunched the uh, the flagship show, the original CNJ Radio show, the Wrestling House show, is back on the air. For you pro wrestling fans, or if you know someone that is a pro wrestling fan, send them over to cnjradio.com. There's the link to the feed of Wrestling House Show. Very happy and very proud that it is back. I've missed it terribly. Doing it with my partner Chris here. Uh, Just good times. Big things doing on cnjradio.com. Like I said, thanks again for tuning into the show. Let me know what you think. What were your favorite songs or least favorite songs in here? Whatever. I want to hear it all. Let's just hear from you. Have a great week. We'll see you on the next one. Have fun.